he's got Hall of Fame statistics. I understand that. And I could be wrong, but I've never voted for anybody that I suspected was cheating on the PEDs, on the steroids, whatever. He did fail a drug test. His career path was very suspicious. And uh, I never voted for Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, McGuire, Sosa, down the line. And I wasn't going to, just because he's a hometown guy, change my standards on this. So I understand I'm the jackass in this. I get it. Uh, you know, but but like Max says, you know, I'm not the one who who got who had the positive PED test. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Back with another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I am Josue Pavone, alongside Cedric Maxwell, and a very special guest, Dan Shaughnessy joins us. Veteran writer from Boston Globe. Man, been covering the Red Sox since before I was born. What's going on, Dan? It's good, good to see you. Everything's going good here. It's a, it's a privilege to be on the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I'm just here to say that. Well, you know, I, I want to <laughs> start that. out. I want to start out big, man, because I got to ask you: Were you? Did you use steroids or something? Because people <laughs> be going at you. <laughs> I read some of the articles and some of the comments about yeah. you Ooh. and David Ortiz. Just get into it a little bit because this is this is some hot this is some hot stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Max, get right into it, Max. You know how it goes in the you know the the Boston media biz and what we do. We you know we're we're truth tellers. We give our opinions. Not always popular. It could be Howard Manley. Could be me. Could be a number of people. You know and. <laughs> Uh, stuff gets said and not everybody reacts uh the same way and i understand that you know i always felt like if i wrote something and folks didn't like it you know try and show up the next day be there take your beating like a man and go on to the next thing ultimately it's only sports we're doing sports stuff and it's it's fun and games and it's not political and it's not affecting people's you know wallets and their taxes and their families and really it's supposed to be fun. And you and I can have disagreements about sports and like this guy, not like this guy, and, and should be able to then, you know, break bread, have a beer, whatever, and, and just get along. I'm, I'm okay with that. But if somebody wants to, to get nasty with me because they didn't like something that, that I wrote, I understand that. No one likes to be criticized. I get that. So I think what you're referencing here is, you know, David Ortiz, you know, can we use bad words here? Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. Yes, can. We keep it 100 yeah. here. We keep it on 100. I mean, he, so, you know, he, he called me an asshole on the radio last week, and, you know, they didn't even blurt it out. They didn't even bleep it. You know, it just went out there, you know. So that was kind of interesting. And, and, um, and you know, his, he's, he's a popular guy, and he deserves it. You know, the guy delivered on a big level here for 15 years and three championships, and he's big poppy. Everybody loves him. I understand that. And but, I did not, you know, I did but, not vote for him for the Hall of Fame. That's all. There's a big button. Why didn't you vote? Why didn't you vote for him for the Hall of Fame? Let's well, again, that, that, I will say this. I'm one of 87 baseball writers in America who did not vote for him. So unless they're all assholes, you know, they have their opinions for one reason or another. Now, nu- numerically, I can I can count. I can do the math. He's got Hall of Fame statistics. I understand that. And I could be wrong, but I've never voted for anybody that I suspected was cheating on the PEDs, on the steroids, whatever. He did fail a drug test. His career path was very suspicious. And uh, I never voted for Bonds, Clemens, Palmero, McGuire, Sosa, down the line. And I wasn't going to, just because he's a hometown guy, change my standards on this. So I understand I'm the jackass in this. I get it. 
uh, you know, but but like Max says, you know, I'm not the one who who got who had the positive PED test. So anyway, those are my standards. I understand those who vote differently don't care that. To tell you the truth, it'd be a lot easier if Major League Baseball got rid of these standards, character clause, and you're supposed to consider these other things and just went by the numbers. It'd be so much easier to vote for Hall of Fame on that. Football does that. O.J. Simpson's in the Hall of Fame. Who cares? You know, that's it. You know, I mean, his numbers are his numbers. He's in the Hall of Fame. If baseball did that, I would vote for all these guys because, like I say, I can count. I know David Ortiz, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire have Hall of Fame numbers. Well, I think the first question I have for you, Dan, is is where's the transparency, right? Because we know that he tested positive, but where's we don't know exactly what he tested positive for. Now, in the past, he's talked about that. He said that he would love to know, but I'm thinking what's the difference between now and, what, seven, nine, ten years ago where he could have, one, done his own you know, personal investigation or hired somebody, yeah. or, or two, where's Major League Baseball with that transparency and saying this is what he tested positive for? Well, Max knows this as well as any, as any athlete, you know, Within, within the games, there's guys that get preferential treatment and get guys that get favored more than other guys. That's just, that's just the nature of the, of the world. And ba- Major League Baseball loves David Ortiz. He's, he's Santa Claus. He's, he's good for the game. Yeah. They're, kind of, they're struggling to have a young audience. They're struggling to get a market share of the, of the sports pie. And so that they can ill afford to, to turn away from a guy who's as popular as he is. So he basically got a presidential pardon from the Commissioner of Baseball for a, t- a positive test. The other guys that tested positive that, that were named in that were Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, and Manny Ramirez. None of them got the same presidential pardon. David Ortiz got it. So whatever, I understand, and this is just the way it goes. So baseball loves him, and he loves him back, and he's going to the Hall of Fame, and good for him. So my little vote didn't matter, and neither did the other 87 guys who didn't vote for him. Well, it, it, it does matter because you are shining a light on something that – was obvious you know I, I love Dave Ortiz but I don't know enough about Major League Baseball to yeah. tell you what was going on during the era and I look at Bonds who was one of my favorite players of all okay. times and who was a, who was going to be a, a Hall of Famer regardless and now he will, doesn't look like he's going to turn that page here's nope. the, the ironic the, the irony of all this is uh must have been about a month ago two months ago I was uh, on a flight going to Chicago for a um, autograph signing session. The gentleman behind me, I stand up, get off the plane in Chicago, gentleman behind me says, watch out, big fella, you're going to hit your head. Who is he? Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was like, then he said, so I introduced myself. I said, hi, Mr. Rose, my name is Cedric Maxwell. He's like, cornbread? Oh, my God. You are a bad motherfucker, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I was thinking in my mind, like, I know this dude better on me. <laughs> I, know, I know he did, but it was just so ironic that, you know, I was to meet him. And also, Conseco was at the, the same appearance that I was at. Yeah. And I looked at some of those guys you talk about who were great players, but the era, man, that's that's a yeah. scary era when you talk about all the things that were done. Uh, you look at Mark McGuire, that was magical. That, that year that they had the home run race, but now you say it was all for not. It was all cheating, right? A lot of it was, yeah, was uh, chemically enhanced. I would agree with that. And don't forget that home run chase of 98. It came four years after the baseball. They lost the World Series because of a labor issue. And people mm-hmm. were really down on baseball. They were looking for the something lockout. to hang their hats on. Yeah. And the home run chase gave people a reason to like baseball again. 
is that another thing too? You know, is that a big part of this, Dan? You know, the timing of this, you know, the the fact that the you know curse the uh, curse of the Bambino happened in two thousand four. You know, the test happened when at a time where they were looking at big names, and quite frankly, David Ortiz wasn't quite there yet, right? I mean, that was the year that he uh, he was a backup for the Red Sox, and he well, sort of let popped, me just he sort of popped, you know, after those after those reports are coming out, but of course he still made his, his name was still linked in that 2003. Right. Uh, and uh, I know this is unfair. It's, it's uh, what do you call it? circumstantial evidence. It's, it's not fair. I didn't vote for Jeff Bagwell, Mike Piazza, Pudge Rodriguez. They're in the hall of fame. They just didn't look right to me. Some stuff doesn't look right. And so that's unfair. I understand that everybody has their own standards. They got in anyway. Now with David, he got released at the age of 27. You cannot find a major league Hall of Famer who got released at the age of 27. Max knows this. That's that's your athletic prime for young men in professional sports. In almost any sport, that's it. So he he was okay, but you don't release a guy as a Hall of Famer at the age of 27. And he comes to Boston, which is the year that he tested positive. It's just very suspicious looking. It doesn't mean it happened, but anyway, it's enough for me, and and that's that. And but man, again, it, come on, come on, scoop. If it's a duck, yeah, you, if it's you a know duck, it quacks. It is a damn duck. You're, you, and, and I've never, you know what is really crazy? I've never seen you make excuses when it comes to this. It's like, this is what happened. And this, it, it happens to be. I mean, I don't know enough about it. You have been there on the front lines. You say, I remember one time somebody said, your bat speed does not increase as you right. start to get older. And, right. and was mm-hmm. one of the things you looked at with him? Max, that's that's all accurate. I wrote this last week and people tried to burn yeah. my house down. I mean, you know, I mean, I said, you know, the, the career path of things about getting released at 27, coming here, test positive, turns into Rambo. They were ready to release him in 2009 and 10. His numbers dipped dramatically. And then there was this amazing surge for the last six years to the point when he's 40 years old, he had the top 2% of bat speed in all of baseball. And again, I could... I could touch the rim when I was in high school. You know, it, it doesn't keep, it, it doesn't work that way as you get older. Max knows this. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, you know, it's the eyeball test. It never worked for me. So, yeah. I've, and, again, when I write all that, people do not want to hear it. And I understand that. So I'm not, I'm not saying I didn't vote for him. And I have my suspicions. I can't prove it. And he may be clean all the way. But it, it didn't look right to me. One thing they've said is that he was tested more than anybody in these right. last that eight or nine years yeah. that, he, that he played. And they all came back clean. So how do, how do you explain that part? Well, that's pretty easy. Uh, you know, again, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds never failed a drug test. Um, uh, and, and it's actually a mistake to say you were tested more than anybody else. That indicates that they were, they were targeting you for a reason. And I think that he should stop with that narrative because he's often said how often he was tested, which – is a little suspicious well, well, in itself. One, excuse me, but this is one of his teammates that said that. I, yeah. I heard his teammates say that. Said, I sat beside him. He was tested more than anybody else. And over and over again, he did not fail these drug tests. Yeah, well, you know how the, you know, the, the cheaters are generally ahead of the testers. And, and you know, the guys have figured it out. I mean, there's so much going on that they can't keep up with the human growth hormones. And look, go to the Olympics. Watch those freaks. I mean, some of this stuff, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean... You know, we were in, we, we, I remember being in, in uh, it, it was either Atlanta or, or Australia. It was the 96, 2000 games. Ireland had this woman swimmer, Michelle Smith, and she's got the boyfriend who's the, he's the, the Royds dealer. He's the bag man. 
And there's not a swimming pool in the whole country of Ireland. And she was setting all these world records. <laughs> and everybody knew she was cheating her ass off. And of course, it all came out later. And I will also say, name one person, whether it's Lance Armstrong or, you know, if it's Olympics, you know, Ben Johnson, whenever it looks bad and someone gets accused, they always end up being dirty. No one was ever falsely accused that I can remember. It, it, it never ends up in a good way whether it's bicycling, Olympics, baseball players. Generally, if people think it's true, it generally has been. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season, from scored, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just go use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. This is something we talked about last week, and I remember saying this right when it, like, probably a year removed from, the, from, from, his, from his final season. And I'm thinking... Why retire now? You know, and that was one of the things that popped in my mind. I was like, could it be, let me get out of here while, while, while I'm still getting away with this? Or could it be, you know, this is that time to, to retire because they may, they may catch me soon. I, I guess my question is to you, Dan, is did baseball need this? Did they need a David Ortiz to sort of help with the ratings? Is that, is that? Oh yeah. Yeah. He this? was, he was really good for the game, but you are correct with your suspicion about the retirement. It made no sense. Uh, it unless, made no sense. Right. It was almost you know, I mean, Max, what did you think when Michael Jordan went away for the first time, magically retired? Uh, do you think that David Stern told him to retire for a couple of years? Uh, you or know you what? Just I, that, that? that I don't know. Oh, I, man, I we're going down know. this road. And, I like this. And then here I go again. I don't know that. And, I know. And, and that's one of the things that really has puzzled me. Do you think that he was cheating, playing, he was gambling, and David... No, there's no way you send the Golden Goose away. There's no mm. way you send Michael Jordan away. I can't believe that right. in a thousand years. I, that I don't believe. I think that they, the he was getting in too deep, and David Stern knew that, and they didn't want to punish him. I think it was an agreement, just go away for a couple of years, and you can come back. I asked David Stern that the day that Michael retired, because the Red Sox, we were in Chicago when that happened, went over to the press conference. Everybody was there. The whole world was there. And it was very curious. And I asked David Stern that very question. He said, I don't answer ridiculous hypotheticals. I said, well, answer this one just so I can have you on record. Because this looks to me like you're just telling him to go away for a little bit. And uh, mm -hmm. David denies that or denied it to his dying day. But uh, I'll always suspect that. So, see, I'm just a suspicious guy. And that's, that's my problem. <laughs> I understand that. Well, well the, the, the same suspicion I had when it came to me being on the cover of uh, your newspaper oh. every time oh, the Celtics lost. I love how you said that. You're like, oh, you know, that didn't happen. There's no way that you <laughs> undercover. And, and, and he, I know he has this newspaper. And every time oh, he lost the game. By the way, don't take don't take offense to that voice. He does that to everybody. So everyone sounds like that. I know. You can see this. I swear to God. Hold on a second. Let me get the picture here. There it is. Yeah, that was it. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Brandon. That was that was after that was after the Celtics. The Celtics lost a playoff game in Philly because Max's theory was. 
when we when we win, it's it's always the front page of your papers. Larry, Danny, Kev. He says, when we lose, it's me and Sheep with the you know like this. <laughs> I, I went into the archives. You lost that, the game with Philly, that, and it's Max. Guy, with that black guy look going, huh? <laughs> 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 what, what happened? What happened? Right. And it was just and and you know what? This if you want to see him turn more red, all you have to do is talk about this. He will deny this to this day, going. No, I, I, no, it really wasn't. And we look at these papers and see me on the back cover on these losses. We <laughs> going, well, I'm not really sure. Maybe, maybe you oh. might have something there. Yeah, that, that was like a that was like the New Year's Eve for you when I gave you those clippings of those pictures. That was the greatest. You loved that. It was so great. I got another one for you, Dan. And we talked about yeah. this last week, Max. Remember what I said? Everyone was, everyone appreciated the phone call, the video of him getting the phone call, and the celebrating, and Pedro being next to him, and I appreciated it too, but. The other side of my brain was thinking, did baseball set this, did the MLB set this up or was this some sort of an agreement? Like, I'll do the video as if I'm really surprised because the way Ortiz has been talking throughout the years is just like, he's been so adamant about, you know, obviously not being involved in, with anything like that or passing these, these drug tests or, 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 the, or the fact that, you know, baseball continues to test him. I was surprised that he would post a video of him looking so, you know, surprised and so happy that he made it instead of being like that's what's supposed to happen i shouldn't have even been mentioned in the conversation of not being a, a hall of famer see you've been hanging around max and myself too long young man because you're starting <laughs> to get that suspicious gene there you gotta watch yourself <laughs> i brought it up last week max remember i did say that yeah. i thought it was weird the video was kind of it was a little it was unortiz like for someone who was so adamant that he's, that he's uh that he's clean that he's so clean yeah. i i just I, the thing i find dan to be so striking right now is the fact that how people are going at you and it's, it's a yeah. it's almost a personal front and I, yeah. I remember that and the only reason I say that is because anytime I have said anything about Larry Bird that would even turn the page it seemed like it might have been and it doesn't even have to be critical but those yeah, people yeah. will come out of the woodworks and attack me personally for something I said, I, my, one of my examples I give you, I talked about Kevin Garnett. I said he might be the greatest all-around player the Celtics have ever had. Oh, people at you. And people went at me as if, like, I had said something bad. And, and uh, matter of fact, Greg Dickerson, who was reporting at the time, went to Larry and told Larry that. Larry said, well, Max is going to quit on them like he quit on us. And mm-hmm. I didn't even understand that. I was like... What, what did that have yeah, to do with anything? Good. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, are you surprised with the personal attacks? No. You? No, I've been, again, been doing this a long time. I mean, again, the social media didn't exist as much, you know, when I was covering you guys, Max. But you know, I was the only guy that wrote about Larry getting into that barroom fight in the 85 finals when you guys lost. And I, I really felt that that was newsworthy because he didn't shoot well after that. And, and the mm-hmm. Celtics didn't win the playoffs that year. And they had a really good team. As you know, that team was stacked. I know you got blamed for the whole thing, even though they had four <laughs> Hall of Famers in the thing, but, but I, I thought, you know, and, and again, had there been social media then again, I would have had my house burned down on that one too, because people love these guys more than they love their own families. And that's a little bit skewered. And I understand it. Uh, you know, when Tom Brady was cheating, deflating those footballs, I wrote about that, you know, small thing, but they were doing it. And, uh, and again, no one wants to, nobody wants to hear that. And people still remind you that stuff. So there's certain guys that are sacred in this town. And David is one, uh, you know, Tom was one, Larry was one, and you just, that's it. And I understand that comes with it, but nobody's perfect. And, 
And, you know, when stuff happens, we're well, I feel obligated to put my opinion to it. That's what I get paid to do. But the, the, the personal nature of the attacks, part of this, Max, is, is anonymity. You know, you, you got your name on there. You go on the radio. People know it's Cedric Maxwell talking. Yeah, Same sure. with me. So we're a little more careful with that. But when you're behind a keyboard and you're anonymous, you just, you know, you can kill anybody and say the meanest things. That's what Twitter's all about. And just, you know, taking out your grudges and, you know, it's a lot of lonely anonymous people and that's the way to do it. Most people wouldn't say that to your face. I mean, I don't think, I don't think too many of your critics would get in your face and just, and say this or that. And, you know, of course I have, and, you know, you were always polite about that, but uh, there's just not a lot of accountability when, when you have anonymous commentary, because you're just going to get. Well, well, look at this. Robert Parrish's wife wasn't, you know, anonymous. She came right at you. She, you, you wrote a few things about him, and she would Oof. just blast into you as soon as she saw you. She, she no, what you did not want. What no you fear. say? I want to hear. I want to hear these stories. What did she say? What you didn't want to be on the other side of Mrs. Chief. I can tell you that it was. <laughs> uh, it was not good. Well, um, Dan didn't really write anything that was really bad about Robert. It maybe was the holdout with the contract. He didn't get yeah. enough, or something like that. And all our members, Nancy, just going ballistic when she saw you. She was, she went at you like, you know, you had stole money out of a damn pocketbook. I was like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. And, and everybody loved that. First time I talked to Larry out there, he goes, yeah, I heard, I heard Chief's wife you know, beat you up with her purse. You know, people just, it, it was always kind of an amusement, point of amusement for everybody. Because as, as Max knows, Nancy was very fiery. And uh, did not hold back and kind of would go at anybody. And I was on the list at that time because he didn't like me. She didn't like me. And But uh, I remember remember how Reggie Jackson was Mr. October in baseball. Well, I used to have this version that Chief didn't do as well in the playoffs as he did in the fall. So I would call him basketball's oh, Mr. Okay. October. And you don't want to be Mr. October in basketball because those are the games yeah. that don't count. <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> especially especially back then they had like twelve preseason games in, in October. That so, might have yeah. been that might have been kind of a low blow. I don't know, but you know stuff stuff like that. It's like when I said Bucky had no clue, and Max never let that one go either. You know, so that was uh, you know oh. what? Here's, here's Max doesn't let anything Johnson go. Man. That, anything goes. Story that you know, absolutely love, and this is when everything happened. Uh, actually, Bernard King, and this is the one of the Ooh. best. We'll we'll we can go over this. Well, Bernard King had been scoring like hell against Detroit the, before they played us. And so they they win the series. They get ready to play us, the Knicks. And they're writing these all these stories about Bernard King coming in. and da, da, da. So Dan Shaughnessy comes to me and said, hey, Bernard King is scoring 40 a game. What are you going to do about it? And I looked at him. I said, just like this, I said, ain't no bitch going to walk like this, score 40 points on me. And Dan looked at me, he's like, well, I'm about to write that down. I said, I don't give a shit. Write it down if you want to. <laughs> and he wrote it the next day in the paper. KZ went crazy. Bernard King went crazy. But that was a lesson I learned about, you know, where you would go as a reporter. Because when I said, go ahead and write it down, you're like, well, I am. And I didn't <laughs> believe that you actually were going to write it down. And you did. That was a, that was a great great moment, uh, and of course we went to New York, and you know, Max, we did shut him. You know, the Celtics shut him down a couple games, and he got he got forty in Game Four, and oh man, the New York the New York Post had the bitches back on the back cover, and <laughs> oh man, it was just uh, it was it was oh, crazy man. times. Crazy, you know, ask 
Ask Hubie Brown about that. He still remembers that. That was that was one of the, that was one of the great series of all time, and a lot of back and forth on that. It was wonderful. Did you get Did you get so much enjoyment as as a broadcaster, as a, as a writer, because we were so open at that time, oh. and we would tell you whatever you would ask us. You better be ready because we're going to tell you the truth. Not like the players today. We were like, I wish I was just going to say, I wish they were like that. Maybe possible, but right now it was like, okay, if you're bold enough to ask, damn it, we're bold enough to say it. It was the only team I ever covered that was like that. The only other time you encounter that kind of honesty and candor and uh, was was talking to boxers. Boxers always talk like that. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to kick the crap out of this guy. You know. and but that whole team, you know, Max, ML, Mikhail would do it, Danny do it, Larry do it sometimes, and it was it was gold for us. And you know, for K, poor Casey because he did not do it. You know, he was the opposite <laughs> of that, and he had no control over that. But I remember when he didn't like Max saying about Bernard, you know, being a bitch. You know, Max said, "If you're scared, get a dog." You know, that was it. And and you know, that, that was just you know, he was he was smart enough to let these guys be themselves and. Boy, it made for the most colorful. That's why the title of my book is Wish It Lasted Forever. Because, I mean, again, when you're a writer, you got those kind of talkers. And they, they were all world trash talkers, that whole team. You guys were, you guys were the best. What are your favorite teams that you've covered? Uh, That's any it. Sport? That yeah, one? no, the, 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 the Celtics, uh, 84, 83, 84 Celtics were my favorite team of all time. It was the first year Casey became coach. You know, Fitch kind of had to go. And, you know, Max was still at the height of his powers. And, you know, Larry started his MVP run, Chief and Kevin, the whole thing. ML was on the way out, but he was still able to contribute. So, and, and DJ had just come on board, who we all loved. It was just, you know, a stand-up guy. DJ is smart enough to always criticize himself, so you could never criticize him because he'd say worse stuff about himself. <laughs> so that was a good, a good weapon he had. And that whole team, I mean, really, it was, I mean, Chief didn't like me, but, but that didn't, it didn't matter. I mean, there were so many other guys. You know, a guy like Scott Wedman didn't say much of anything. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it was, again, all-world trash-talking team. And the Lake, the Celtics-Lakers finals, I mean, I did the Red Sox winning the World Series in 04, coming back to the Yanks 3-0, you know, biblical 86 years. That's, that's the best overall story I ever covered. The best team, the best single event is the 84 finals Celtics-Lakers. All those Hall of Famers back and forth, the 2-2-1-1-1 format, the trash-talking that went on, you know, McHale's takedown, Max hopping my back, all that stuff. I mean, you go back and – I hope these young people appreciate that. Go watch the ESPN 30 for 30 on it. It's just it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, Max has a good story about that, Max. Tell him about the, uh, the Tatum story. Oh, just Jason Tatum. He was, uh, he tells the story, <laughs> Dan, that he was, he really didn't know who I was. And so after the 30 for 30, I'm out on the court before a game and he walks in and he's walking in, ready to shoot around. And he says, cornbread, cornbread. <laughs> and I, was like, I looked at him. I'm like, dude, what's wrong with you? He said, man, I saw that 30 for 30. Damn, you a bad motherfucker, man. <laughs> so he didn't even know who I was, but that that 30 for 30 made us Ooh. live, took us into a whole ne- another level, another generation of bands. that yeah. I didn't, Because my kids looked at me and said, damn, dad, you said that. Or you were talking oh. to James Worthy like that. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't oh, have man. no friends. This, this is what I love during that era. Not only as broadcasters, we, we you know we we hated all these other people, but we hated the opposition just as much. And that's something that I look at now in sports, which is completely different. Do you think so? It's, it's absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. everybody's hugging everybody after the games, and uh, you know there was no there was no hugging Bill Lambert after those Detroit games, and no no hugging going on there. And wait, I they just, weren't they weren't swapping they weren't swapping jerseys after the game, Dan? Really? La- they weren't taking pictures La- of swapping jerseys. Larry hated Larry hated Lambert so much. The, his whole All Star weekend was was worked around whether Lambert was a reserve or not. So every year when Larry got named a starter, he'd say. You guys got to come tell me when the reserves are announced because I can't stand when Lambeer makes the team because I got to go. It ruins my weekend. You know, I got to go to practice on Saturday and get on the bus. And, you know, Bill's sitting there and he says, good morning, Larry. And I got to say, fuck you, Bill, you know, because he he did not want any part of being a teammate of Bill Lambeer at any point in the season. This is absolutely I've never heard that story before, man. That's funny. It's it's so so colorful. And Dan, that's why I think we wanted you on because Mm. you don't have, and on our show, you don't have a filter. And and I like this about where we're going with it in our podcast because me and Josue, where where do we keep this show on, Josue? We keep it on 100, 100%. Even on 100. Nothing, everything's on the table. Right. Yeah. So I think that is is really the, the, the crux of it. Now, before yeah. we let you go, I, we have to ask you about what you think about Brady retiring and, mm. and all the things that might have went along there because, you know, you've mm. been on top of this for the longest time. Do you feel he's going to retire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that – I think, you know, the word got out. I mean, if, if he says he's not retiring in the next two weeks, that's going to be kind of a big diss for ESPN. They, they look – they got egg on their face. But right now they're mm. still not incorrect, and I think they are correct. I think it just – it wasn't done on Tom's terms. Somebody in the family kind of leaked it, I believe. Someone leaked. Yeah, out, I think someone Tom leaked. wants to control that message. It got out ahead of it. I think he'll have a day in the next week or two. This is kind of a nice soft landing now, but they got two weeks till the Super Bowl. He comes out this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or early next week. You know, not take away from the Super Bowl, just do it on his own terms. And that should be it. Why would you keep going if you were him? He's got all the money, you know, he's got the brand. He's won all the championships, and he could get hurt. Why would you keep playing? I mean, that's like it's nutty. I, I think it's a smart move. I hope he is done. And uh, what a career! And you know, for in Boston, it's just you know he's on that pantheon, and really, Bill Russell's really the only guy that can go with him. Russell won eleven championships. No one's going to top that. But uh, playing pro football in the twenty first century and getting to nine Super Bowls, no one's going to top that either. It's it's really remarkable what he did. We always hey, ask, we always ask about one thing before you get this. Just away. Yeah, give I just have one your, more question. Give me, your, give me your Mount Rushmore of sports. Easy. Oh, it's easy. Yes. I mean, in Boston. No, wait, you're, you're Mount Rushmore. I don't give a damn. You're Mount Rushmore. I mean, in Boston, it's obviously Ted Williams it's and baseball. Not a, it's not in Boston. This is your Mount Rushmore. All, All sports. sports. All yeah. sports. Your Mount well, Rushmore. Tough. Okay, well, I mean. You're your, and we're saying, damn it, we're ready to put them up right now. Give me your Mount Rushmore. Four guys. Four people. One in each sport? Doesn't have to be. You can do. You can do four. And I, I would do one. I would do one in each sport. So I'd Bobby Orr be my hockey player, and uh, Babe Ruth be my my baseball player, and my football player is is going to be Tom Brady, I guess. So I mean, I think Jim Brown was a better football player, but you know, you can't really match what what Brady has done. And for basketball, this is a tough one. I don't think you're going to like this one, but I'm still I'm kind of a Will Chamberlain guy. I, I it's yeah. just. I people don't realize the man averaged 50 points a game, you know, I mean, for a whole season and never came out of a game, never filed out of a game. I know he only won three championships. I know the flaws, but if he had had the cast of characters that Russell had playing with him, he'd have won more. He wouldn't have won 11, but he'd have won more. And I just think that 
they changed rules for him. He had a body like LeBron, but he was seven foot one. And uh, I know there were more rebounds then, so the numbers are a little bit deceiving, but, you know, like 30 rebounds a game, stuff like that. You don't have as many missed shots now. Um, and I know he didn't have the three-point game, the perimeter game and all that stuff, but he was so dominant. They had to change the rules, man. They made the they made the, light, the lane wider and the way he did free throws and everything just changed. I, I just think no one was ever that far ahead of the rest of the competition, not Michael, not Russ, um, I just, yeah, so Chamberlain's my guy in basketball. I know no one likes to say that anymore, but he's it. Okay, that's not bad. All right, I guess my Wait, last you, question is. Wait, I'm going to let you finish it and, and go ahead. Okay, no, I'm going to do one more last question, then we'll wrap up. Um, my, my question for you, Dan, is um, for, this, for this Celtics team, what's it going to take for them to return to the conversation of championship contenders? Do they, do they, you had, if you had a, a look into the future, do, do you see Tatum and Brown leading that team, or is, does something else happen? I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I know it's unfair. And, and again, we're not in the room. We don't have boots on the ground anymore. So when things were going south for the Celtics in 82, 83, I knew that they were done with Bill Fitch. Change was coming. You know, Tiny wasn't really what he had been. There were things that you could see that we were close. We knew who liked who and all the stuff. I don't know that anymore. Maybe Max does, but we're not around these guys. So I don't know if Tatum and Brown like each other. I don't know that they're doing what what young Ime wants them to do. I can't imagine this is what he's teaching, what we're seeing, the ISO ball at the end of games and all this. The team really is hard to watch, disappoints me. And I, I know how great they are, but it's they're also not as young as everybody says. I know it's 25 and 23, mm-hmm. but you're also talking about six and five years in the league now. Six and five years in the league, man, oh man. You should be MVP by then if you're going to be the thing. So uh, it's, I, I'm, I, I don't like it. And something's got something's to give, whether it's, and they gave him a new coach. So I'm not impressed that, that they're as mediocre as they've been. Very hard team to watch. And Max, could you have them play a good team? I know they're playing Miami. Finally, they played as bums every night. Every team sucks that they play. So why are there so many bad NBA teams? Anyway, so, yeah, I, I found it hard to watch. And I, I, would be, I would be for shaking it up big time, trading one of them. Wow. Okay. All right. We'll wrap up with that. Dan Shaughnessy. Uh, we're the last of forever life with Larry Bird Celtics brand new book guys go check it out and uh, Dan I appreciate you stopping by very it's a privilege to be on Max's podcast and very nice to meet you young man way to go <laughs> <laughs>